welcome into another episode of Dodging Through the Ravine. Your host, Young Stud, accompanied once again by his co-host, J-Lo, Jacob Lopez. Jacob, baseball's underway. Dodger baseball's back. Happy to see it. It's a great uh, welcoming. Great welcoming to see that. And uh, before we get into it all, though, how are you doing today? I'm doing pretty well. Played some basketball at the gym today with some homies. Feeling pretty good off of that. Baseball-wise, the there was some scary, scary stuff that happened to Gavin Lux that we are going to get into. But to start off, baseball is back. If you have a TV at your home, there's a good chance that you might be able to watch your favorite team, your local team. So to add on to that, um, yeah, just Dodger baseball is back, and I'm looking forward to the season. Yeah. You know, I was watching the game today, and, uh, I well, we both were watching the game before. We're just a little indulgent. We were both watching the game. We saw Gamma Lux. We're going to talk about Gamma Lux injury. It's uh, very unfortunate. You know, the, the general consensus of spring training, like, one of the main things is – just get through it healthy, right? Get through it with no problems. It, the games are meaningless. Players do not go 100% in spring training. They don't have to go. It's just about ramping up, getting reps in. And uh, we'll talk about Gavin Lux. But on today's rundown, Gavin Lux is, of course, one of the topics. Spoiler alert. Mookie Betts, the Dodgers, talking about not leading him off potentially this season doesn't mean he will not lead off but they are thinking about maybe batting him somewhere else besides first in the order and the last one on today's podcast jacob would you like to start off with that one or let's start off with mookie bets and the the lineup situation we got all right we'll start off mookie bets all right so i think that We've seen in the past clearly that Mookie Betts is a good leadoff hitter. But with the variations this offseason, so many new faces in the clubhouse, I think it would be smart to test out different guys at the one hole. Mookie Betts is, you know, he's obviously going to be in the two or three hole. I don't think he should be any further than that. But, you know, you got guys like J.D. Martinez, Miguel Rojas, David Peralta, um, who else did we get? There's one more guy. But anyways, you, you get the point. With so many new faces in the clubhouse, there's just, like, J.D. Martinez could be our cleanup hitter. He could be our number three hitter. You can have Miguel Rojas or Vargas maybe in the two or the three hole. I mean, there's just – there's so many ways this lineup can work, so I don't really think it's – uh. It's a thing that Dodger fans need to be worried about. I think it's just something that they should look forward to seeing, actually. Yeah, you know, last year and I think even the year before that when Trey Turner was in town, I I honestly liked Trey Turner in the leadoff spot better than him in the three spot. You know, I, I just feel like Trey Turner is a better, just a slightly better leadoff hitter than Mookie Betts. No disrespect to Mookie Betts. I, I just like Trey Turner a lot, and I felt like he was a better leadoff hitter. Although the numbers say Trey Turner is a bit off, 
a, a better three hitter, three hole hitter, even though it's a smaller sample size. But uh, you know, Mookie Betts and Trey Turner. I prefer Trey Turner. Now Trey Turner is gone, and and really, there's no other like superstar that's gonna really take Mookie Betts' leadoff spot. And so you could just mix and match guys, and you know, could have been a Gavin Lux. It still can be a Gavin Lux down the line. I have, we have no idea. We'll probably have no. We'll, we will probably know more on Friday's podcast with Gavin Lux. But as for Mookie Betts, where do I want to see him hit? It depends. It just depends. I don't mind him in the leadoff spot. I think he does a great job leading off. But I think if you do move him down in the lineup to the two or the three spot, I think it could, you know, maximize the lineup maybe even that much more and kind of spread it out rather than just being super heavy one, two, Betts and Freeman, right? Maybe you just move him down a spot, Betts number two and Freeman number three. I think that kind of sort of does help a little bit. And so I, w- I wouldn't mind seeing that. I wouldn't be shocked if it's that. I could see them moving just down one spot, Betts number two and Freddie three. Uh, you still bat Will Smith number four. You know, we'll we'll see what they do. Uh, the chances are Mookie Betts will still probably lead off, but the fact that they're talking about it, I, I think it's a good thing. I think that's a good thing to open for change and just seeing what they could do. Uh, I could definitely see uh, Chris Taylor leading off as well if if it's not Gavin or if it's not Mookie. I think Chris Taylor would definitely be our – Maybe our second or our third potential leadoff guy. Yeah, Chris Taylor. I, I'm pretty sure he's done some leading off before. You know, he's a good candidate to lead off. James Altman, if he makes the roster, a good candidate to lead off. Altman, yep. Um, you know, you could potentially lead off with Miguel Vargas. Maybe I, I don't. I wouldn't mind seeing that. Why not? I think placing Mookie in the second or the three hole. It's I feel like it would just definitely help out the team more. There's been a lot of times where Mookie gets a leadoff double or, you know, Mookie gets a walk, a single. If there's somebody already on when Mookie's batting, you know, it's just it's, – it's ten times better. Someone will – the chances of someone advancing are much higher than them than it not being Mookie in, like, a two or a three hole. I think moving Mookie to the two hole should definitely be the move, actually, just thinking about it now. Because let's say you do put a Gavin Lux or a Chris Taylor in the one hole. They, they're pretty quick on the bases. So a hit and run would initiate first and third with Freeman up to bat. A pop fly or even a double play, which you don't want, but it would still get the run in. I think that, um, you know, I, Mookie is still a great leadoff batter. But putting him in the two hole, I think exactly the two hole, not the three hole. It'll definitely like raise his RBIs for sure. Yeah, and I think again the big the the best players obviously bat top four in the lineup. You can make a case that the best players bat second in the lineup, and so Mookie Betts batting second I think is much better than Freddie Freeman batting second. I don't like Freddie Freeman batting second if I'm gonna be honest with you, and that's what the Dodgers are gonna go back to this year. And so if they do no. go Betts number two and Freddie number three, I, that would be so much better, in my opinion. So I, I think you just Betts maximize two, Freddie three? Yep. Oh, okay. Yeah, I agree. And, uh, you know, if you want to throw an absolute curveball, you can lead off Max Muncy. Want to throw a curveball. Maybe, yeah. But Freddie hits a lot of doubles, so that, that three hole is 
that's like perfect for him. Yeah, so uh, we'll see. Oh, but that will that's a storyline that we're going to be watching throughout the spring again. We'll be leaving for the WBC in about a week or so. And uh, we'll see what the Dodgers eventually do end up doing with Monkey Bets come opening night. The other topic that we were going to touch on, and you could hear it pretty much everywhere. It, it, it took over the social media world, baseball world, sports world over the weekend. Was the pitch clock being initiated in Major League Baseball? And we don't want to overkill you with it, right? You know, but it, it is a huge thing, right? The pitch clock is a huge thing. Of course, we're not. Of yes. course, we're going to talk about it. And, uh, you know, it's way too early reactions. It's only been three games in the spring training. But, you know, you get you get a decent idea of what it can be and what it will be. And, uh, you know, my thoughts off the bat, I'm just going to come out and say it. I'm as traditional as it gets when it comes to baseball and being a baseball fan and the game of baseball and how it is played and ran and, Again, the game is always changing and it's always, you know, being proactive and, you know, that's a lot of stuff. But the game is always changing and there's been so many changes since I've, since I've grown up. But seeing the pitch clock being initiated, it is a huge thing, one of the biggest things in the last, you know, X number of years. And uh, I like it. I genuinely like it. And we might look back at this and say, wow, why wasn't this in the game much sooner? And uh, I, I I don't remember what I said a couple weeks ago when we talked about the pitch clock and the rule changes, if we're going to like it or not. But I did say wait and see. I do know I said that. And after waiting and seeing, I am in favor of the pitch clock. I am a fan of the pitch clock. Are you a fan of the pitch clock? I'm going to be honest. I did not expect that answer from you. I, w- I thought you were going to say, like, demolish the pitch clock, abolish it. But... You know, I've seen a video recently of people comparing. Um, it was a pitch in the 2016 National League Championship Series, Dodgers versus Cubs. It was Pedro Baez throwing to David Ross, I believe. And they had a clip of Jose Altuve hitting a inside the park home run. And I believe, like, the clip replayed at least seven times before Pedro Baez threw one pitch. From him stepping off the mound, from him gathering his cool, to him getting the signs, to him coming set, it took about a good, like, at least two minutes for him to throw one pitch. So, it's, like, like that, it makes sense. But, like, in the eighth and the ninth inning, I don't think there should be a pitch clock. It's just, there was an incident, I believe it was a LSU college game, where, like, the team one off of the pitch clock like I believe like there were a couple seconds too short like or they a couple seconds not quick enough and it ended up costing them the game like in the eighth and the ninth inning there should be no rule stating that oh you're two seconds too late on your delivery game over like a game over call like like no 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 that shouldn't the pitch clock should be in the game from one through seven but anytime in the eighth or the ninth inning, it should not exist. It shouldn't even be a thought. And then Max Scherzer. I seen a clip of Max Scherzer getting through the first inning within like two minutes. There's guys in the league who are going to like it, 
who are going to use it to their advantage, like Scherzer. And then there's guys who like taking their time, who like coming set. There was a clip of James Karnachak from the Guardians. And I've, I remember his wind-up from clips, just from – there's clips of him out there. He usually has a, a long wind-up, like the long leg kick, the arm swing and everything. And it looked like he was a little mad when it got called on him. And then when it comes to batters, I mean, Manny Machado came out and said something funny. He said that most of his at-bats were going to start off 0-1 because he just takes too long to walk up to the the plate, which, you know, he kind of does. But I just, I don't know. I'm not really a fan of it in the late innings, but I don't, if, it feels like they're trying to rush the game too. Like when I was watching spring training, when I was watching the Dodgers pitch, it's like they get the ball, they look in, they come set, and like you know, if a pitcher wants to step off, like does he, can he step off? Can he take like a breather, or no? Like especially in Colorado, like there's gonna be some players out there who can't handle the elevation of Colorado, like and they're just supposed to rush through, rush through, rush through. So there's gonna be some complications with it. They're they're probably fixable complications, but I just maybe if they extended it from 15 seconds to like 20 seconds, maybe I would like it a bit better because it's just I don't like it when my when I see the pitcher is just you know I'm getting my signs on here I'm rushing I'm rushing it's like when the pitcher is on the mound it's his mound it's his plate it's it's his job to get the batter out and he shouldn't have to deal with the a timer behind him telling him when to do it. That's that's just my opinion. Yeah. Uh I I did see that that clip of Pedro Baez and David Ross and then LCS. Mm-hmm. Uh that was ridiculous. But we know Pedro Baez was also pretty ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. Baez himself just really took a long time. So that's the like it's a fair clip to show, but then again, Pedro Baez just—he took his. Like, there's no way he would time. last. There's no way he would no. last. I don't think he's. Oh, anymore. I don't even think he's in the league, honestly. That's probably for a good reason because there's <laughs> no way he would last 15 seconds. Oh no way! He takes easily at least 30 to 45 seconds per pitch, and uh, and that's what I'm saying. Like we do not need to be seeing 30. Between thirty to forty-five seconds per pitch in the middle of a sixth-inning game, like that's just ridiculous. And it slows on the game; you're just dragging along. And again, like I love being at the ballpark and all that good stuff. But what what exactly are we missing? Like, what are we going to exactly miss? We're not missing anything. We're going to be. What are we missing? We're going to be immediately. Maybe- just tune into the game. We're going to be game, 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 pitch, 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 hit, 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 action, action, action. That's true. But I feel like some pitchers, when they, when they, it's, you know, it's a lot of pressure pitching in front of a, a 40,000 audience, you know, professional pitchers. I do believe that they are modern day gladiators. Any professional athlete out there to me is a modern day gladiator. They're the ones performing for us, providing entertainment. So, I just, I don't know. I believe that like a pitcher should have his minute up there when he's about to perform in front of a 40,000 to 50,000 people crowd. There's, you know, if I want to go up there, let's say I'm a ninth inning closer, right? 
I come in and I want to do a little walk around the mound because, you know, I'm, I'm getting my composure ready. I'm mentally like getting myself stable to do my job. Like a pitcher can't do that. I'm not saying that every pitcher does that. And I'm not saying that a pitcher does that, but if a pitcher wants to do that, if he wants to take a minute to calm himself down or to take a deep breath, he literally can't now. Like he'll he'll get violated for that on a ball strike account. So I just maybe if they like I said earlier, maybe if they extended the pitch clock another five to ten seconds. But I just you know you have a point about the the rapid fire action. You know, fans at the game, they're not going to be on their phones as much anymore. It will be more interactive now because fans are going to be like, oh, like, what did I miss? What did I miss? You know, they're going to be paying more attention. But as a pitcher, and then if I were a pitcher, I would feel like I would want more time out there. Like, I'm, I'm coming in to play for this billionaire owner. I'm coming in to bring in this revenue. Like, I want my minute to hype myself up, to get myself ready for what I'm about to do. That's, that's it right there. Well, I got three words for you. Adapt or die. Ha! Yeah, I'll see about that. It's that simple. I mean, we'll see. I mean, we'll see how the season plays out. But, I mean, I don't... uh, I don't know. I, I like it and I don't like it. You know, there's... What I like about baseball is that when my closer comes in and he has his walk-up song and the entire stadium is filling it, they're grooving and they're getting ready for their closer to do his job. Like with the, do you remember how much time a, a closer has to come in and to like get ready for the ninth inning? That none of that's changing though. Yeah. They, they only have like 45 seconds to get in now beforehand. It was like two minutes. Uh, no. Yeah, it's still two minutes. It's still two minutes or whatever in between innings. That's not changing. What's changing is the speed of the game when you know he's on the mound pitching. It's still gonna be like two minutes. I, I, in innings. Okay, okay, maybe I misread, but I, uh, I definitely heard that they were changing that. But yeah, I guess adapt or die. Then yeah, I'll die with the ship. To me, it, it really is that simple, you know. Again, if guys need to take, that, you know, you know timeout, step out, whatever. Again, you know, batters can still call time if granted. They can still do that. I don't think there's like a limit for that. Pitchers can still step off if they want. There, there's nothing wrong with that. But if they don't throw a pitch or you know step off or call time beforehand, then you know they're gonna get a call for a strike or a ball, and. uh you know, I I wouldn't want to see a game in like that, right? But it, it's going to happen, whether it's this year or next year or whatever. It, it'll happen, right? We've seen funky endings in baseball with, like, a balk, whatever. Like, you know, a balk is a balk or, like, a walk, you know, a walk-off walk. You know, they're not the, the most exciting things in the world. And so when we see a, a pitch clock violation in, the, in that, in that you know, situation, it's going to be like, oh, my gosh, at first, but we, it'll – just become the norm you know 10 years from now it'll be like nothing happened and uh, it's not saying i want to see a game in like that but it'll just happen eventually and uh, but for the most part though again i think i think the the pitchers and the batters are going to be you know adjusting to it it shouldn't be a super big problem at the end of the day 
in my opinion, this is good for the game. And that's just where I stand. And uh, again, and, and in today's world with people's attention spans, like people do not have a long attention span these days. And, uh, you know, everything's rapid fire, rapid fire. And, you know, one thing, the next thing, the next thing, the next. Again, speeding up the, the game, pitch after pitch, that's that's a good thing for the game. And uh, whether it draws more fans or not, we'll see. But in my perspective, diehard baseball fan, I, I do like it. And uh, so I'm going to give it a thumbs up right now. I don't think I'm going to change my answer. Are you giving a thumbs up? Are you giving a thumbs down? Are you standing? You're going to still wait. I'm I'm still gonna wait. I'm gonna go ahead and just put like my thumbs in the middle. You know, I'm not too sure on it yet, but I I do see like where they're coming from on speeding up the game. It makes sense, and I guess I will have to adapt to it. But you know, I don't. Me personally, as a baseball fan, I would I don't mind if I have to sit through a five hour game, personally. But I know that's not what the league wants. I know they want short game time. So I know that's what they're going to do with all of these new changes. So I'll just – I'll take some time. But like you said, adapt or die. I think I'll just eventually adapt with the game. So that's where I stand on that. Yeah. Games were – games have been going like two and a half hours on average. And before that, that – that's 30 minutes – off of regular game time at the very minimum. And so it's spring training, right? It's not a real sort of game kind of speed or flow per se, but I feel like there's more stuff going on in spring training. I could be wrong, like the pitching changes and the, you know, the the player changes throughout the game. I could be wrong, but We'll see when the season does start if that is still the case. This should definitely be sub three hours, but uh, nonetheless, I'm all for it. Bring it on. Pitch clock. Pitch clock is a good thing, so uh, I'm excited about it. Okay. Segwaying into our last discussion, and uh, we saved the somber news for last. Earlier today, between the Dodger Padre game, Gavin Lux was scoring at third base on a ground ball. And uh, I, I believe he tried to, like, what was it, like, dodge out of the way of the, the ball or, like, distract the uh, the player from throwing the ball. I don't know what he was – what his intentions were again. I believe that the, he was just – I think he thought the third baseman was going to, like, throw it. Like, because there was no play at second because they got the out at first. But I think he was just trying to cover himself in case the he, he threw the ball at him. But I don't really, like, I don't know. As a base runner, I don't think did you need to worry about. Did he play from second? I think it was did, he went two on, he outs. Went, he went on a play from, oh, was it two outs? It, no, it wasn't because he got carted off and then I the inning ended, I right? Know. I don't know. Uh, I think the inning ended after that play. Nonetheless, it was a, it was a pretty grimacing play. Did not look good on camera, and uh, right away you knew that he was in trouble. He knew that he was in trouble, and uh, it's like wow, like again, this is the the worst thing that can happen in a spring training for any club, any player is 
horrible injuries like this too, especially big players that are going to be on the major league roster. And uh, Gavin Lux was certainly going to be on the major league roster. He was going <laughs> to be the starting shortstop for the Dodgers entering the 23 season. And I mean, honestly, do we expect him to, to even potentially be okay from this and, and start opening night? Like, is that even a real possibility? Is that even on the table at this point? I don't think so. No, if that play, the replay is, yeah, I, it'll, I think it'll de- his knee, like, no, nah, like, officially 30 days away. No, like your your knee isn't like the way it the way it moved and like jiggled out of place. Like your knee isn't supposed to do that. I don't I don't see Gavin Lux on the opening night roster or even within the first month of baseball. I think he'll be out for a cool minute. Yeah, that is just super unfortunate. Um, Especially with our middle infield situation. Yeah, and again, this is the price you pay. Right, the Dodgers, they don't, they didn't want to pay. Right, they didn't want to pay. <laughs> they wanted to be cheap. They wanted to go. What do you want to call? It? I mean, they. I don't even know what to call it, but they just wanted to be cheap. They didn't want to pay a cornerstone player in Corey Seager, or a superstar player in Trey Turner, and they're they're gonna roll with Gavin Lux who came up as a shortstop, but we have not seen him at the major level at shortstop. And, you know, he's a, he's a good player. He is – I'm not fully bought in on Gavin Lux. I'm just going to be honest. Like, I'm not saying, like, he's, he's going to be part of a core here. I think this year was going to be a huge year for him. But, uh, again, now they are stuck with pretty much no starter-level shortstop. Right, you go from Seager to Turner, then it's a huge drop off to Lux, and now it's an even bigger drop off to the next man up. And who might the next man up be? Well, most likely Rojas. Miguel Rojas is more than likely the next man up, or uh, Chris Taylor can play some short, even though I'm not really, you know. I'm not a big fan of Chris Taylor at shortstop. And and so now this might just open up James Altman a spot in the outfield or Jason Hayward a spot in the outfield, like to make the opening night roster because Chris Taylor has to come in and play shortstop. Mm-hmm. And Gavin Lux won't be on the roster. So now maybe James Altman is going to make the roster. We'll, we'll see what they do. Michael Bush – Dodgers talked a lot about him. Maybe he gets a shot. I don't think he's a shortstop. I believe he's a second baseman. So Miguel Vargas, I don't think he plays shortstop. He's going to be at sec. He was supposed to be at second base this season. He he's played some third. He's played the outfield. So I don't think he's going to play shortstop. And uh, so yeah, we're looking at Miguel Rojas and Chris Taylor, and uh, that's not very appetizing. No, it's it's concerning to say the least. Yeah, and and I was already concerned with Gavin Lux playing shortstop anyways with his glove. And uh, now this happens, and uh, we will not know until tomorrow morning. We're recording this on Monday night. By the time this gets out, the news may already be out, very likely. Uh, it'll definitely be some news tomorrow, so we'll all find out together. But we'll talk about it again on Friday what the situation is Gavin Lux. I mean... Worst case scenario, he's out for the year. 
best case scenario, he's out for maybe a month or two. That's that's what we're looking at. Yeah, that's the best case scenario for Dodger fans. They um ownership messed up by not paying Seeger. It's it's ridiculous. No, that was one hundred percent ridiculous. I mean, but then again, Corey Seager that Corey Seager got three twenty five from Texas. I don't we know could have deferred to, half of his contract. I don't know if I, I wanted the Dodgers to go over the twenty five. Like they could easily have done that, but you know, three fifty, three fifty for ten. Give him another, or give him another thirty million on top of what Texas was offering. So. Just, Give him three sixty for like, you gave you gave Mookie three sixty five for twelve. You give him. Uh, I, I don't even think that would be smart. So like, as I look back on the Corey Seager thing, and I wish he was a Dodger. Texas gave him three twenty five, and and if the Dodgers offer me two fifty versus the three twenty five in Texas, I think I'm probably going to Texas as well. So like, I I can't blame the Dodgers too much. So. But yeah, I I wish it did work out. And then you got Trey Turner. Now Trey Turner's a guy that I would have paid three hundred and twenty five million dollars for. But I wouldn't have no. You think Corey Seager is better than Trey Turner? Of course. All right. I I I'm a big Corey Seager fan, but I don't I don't think that's true. But I mean, hey, we could all have disagreements and uh, opinions. But that's that's pretty much gonna wrap it up. Anything else you might want to add on? Um, no, that's, that's pretty much it on this one. Yeah, go, so, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, go Dodgers, you know, one more day to opening night, you know. I'm excited. I know Dodger fans are excited. This is a completely different roster than what we've seen in the previous year, so it's, it's definitely going to be an exciting and a, not scary season, but it's, it'll be an up and down season. Like a roller coaster. It's going to be a roller coaster season. Yeah, I will say losing Gavin Lux, I think drops this team down from 97 wins is my projections to about 93, 92, maybe 91. So let's just call it 92. 92? I think, I think it's a huge loss, especially if he's out for a significant amount of time. He was batting 300 for a consistent while the past couple seasons. So I, let's see. I believe I said 97 as well last time, or maybe I said 100. But yeah, with with Gavin Lux gone, the Dodgers could definitely lose about another eh, five to seven games, I'd say. But uh, we will get into predictions once we get close to the season on what exactly this team is going to do, where they will finish. And all that good stuff. We will get into a prediction podcast um, in the next couple of weeks here. With that being said, though, we got a lot to talk about. Dodger baseball is officially here. There will be no shortage of topics moving forward, which is awesome. And uh, hope you guys do enjoy the podcast. Leave a rating. Appreciate that very much. Without further ado, we're going to sign off. Thank you guys for listening. Go Dodgers. You guys have a good night. Go Dodgers.